Manimal here. It's Wednesday, January 31st, and today on a new Texas Rangers with the Boys podcast, Kevin and I, we're going to go around the league. We've got some Rangers news and notes, and we're also going to preview that ALE. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the Boys. I'm Jack Leiter, and you're listening to Texas Rangers with the Boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. Just letting you know, your Texas Rangers are the defending World Series champion this year. And we will talk a little bit about that here in just a little bit but first let me tell you about where you can find me on social media that's kevin lee frazier that's f-r-a-z-i-e-r you can also find texas rangers with the boys on social media tx rangers wtv and you know what you can also find us on the world wide web at texas rangers with the boys.com that's all one word it's all one word and joining me my co-host the 25 pound manimal with a scowl on his face while he watches the good news guys on YouTube ready to talk some baseball. And as usual, my co-host, the 300-pound man, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing today, buddy? Where can they find you on socials? And first, we all have to be sad that we didn't get to witness. We almost had a return of morning, Bull, today, but uh, man, wasn't yeah, in the cards. Work out. It didn't work out this morning. Yeah, like uh, things didn't work out the way uh... – I would have preferred this morning, but that's okay. We're gonna do, we're gonna do a, a bull night. Bull night, yeah, tonight. yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but uh, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing as good as you can possibly do be doing in uh, in uh, the situation I'm in in life. But yeah. we're uh, we're getting through it on a daily basis, day by day, and uh, you know, coming on here and we've we've talked about this before, and we I know we'll talk about it again, but. Just talking about baseball can sometimes be that therapy that you need and having a, a good buddy to talk about it that, uh, you know, wants to not only hear my opinion on baseball, but uh, actually respects it as well. So, you know, I mean, but uh, the, the, the therapy is there. Baseball is, you know, it's a, it's a, a sport that's great for talking. And, uh, you know, I mean, I like to talk about it so. Uh, any day that uh, we do that, it uh, it makes my day just a, a little bit better. Absolutely. And if they want to talk to you, talk about baseball with you on the old socials, is there a is there a place they can? Yeah, yeah. If you want to make my day a little bit better and, and bring some baseball to my table, you can find me on uh, Twitter or X at Manimal Bull, Instagram Manimal Three Hundred, and both Facebook and TikTok at Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite platform is. You know what? Bring a smile to my face, and maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be able to help you out uh, with your baseball questions. Absolutely. Uh, for for me, I I uh, I love talking baseball. But thanks to this. Hey, Kev. Before we get started today, can I tell you who the show's brought to you by? Oh, please tell us who the show's brought to us by, and also give us a little bit of a recap uh, of of uh, of last Saturday uh, again, if, in case some people missed it. Yeah, um, today's show is brought to you by Matt War Pro Wrestling and will return Saturday, March 24th at Martin House Brewing for the second 
annual Hell's Half Acre Tournament. The uh, tournament is basically a battle royal that breaks down into the winner of the battle royal goes all the way to the final. The loser, the first person out in the battle royal is completely eliminated. The other eight are brought put into um, two different four-way matches. The winner of both of those will have a, uh, a tape fist match, and the winner of the tape fist match gets the, uh, the uh, pleasure of wrestling the guy who's fresh and hasn't done anything all night since winning the Battle Royal. Mm. So, for a great time on March 24th, come on out to Martin House Brewing. Great beers, great atmosphere, great wrestling. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to see you. I know Starry's Ice Cream will be out there. Um, I'm not 100% sure what uh, the food will be, but there will be food um, on site. And uh, come on out, have a big time with us at... uh, Matt War Pro. We had a huge night last Friday night oh, on, uh, at the Southside Ball or the Southside Preservation Hall in Fort Worth. Um, we had a heavyweight or the Trinity River Heritage title was uh, was on the line, and Dante Leone upset Brent McKenzie in a huge, a huge upset in my book to take home the Trinity River Heritage title and. Uh, you know, now he's got to look for. Now he's got March twenty fourth to look forward to, because the winner of the Hell's Half Acre tournament will wrestle Dante Leone at the next show after Hell's Half Acre. So it's it's going to be a big time. We've got. I can't wait for it. Uh, Friday was such a huge show, and I uh, thank everybody that came out. Um, everybody that saw me hiding in the corner watching all the wrestling matches. It was good talking to everybody. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again Saturday, March 24th with Matt War Pro Wrestling at the uh, Hell's Half Acre Tournament at Martin House Brewing. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And, and last year, uh, our first show um, <laughs> partnering with uh, Matt War Pro was the Hell's Half Acre because that was my first show to go to. And uh, let me tell you, man, it was a lot of fun. And uh, my wife had a blast. She made a friend for life out there with Chris Lyons' uh, lady. And, uh, you know, we've made uh, made it to every show this year except for one. And, uh, again, it was a blast for us going out last uh, last Saturday. And uh, I, I recommend it. You know what? Something funny. Uh, I had a guy come in today who was my very first boss as a personal trainer back in 2001. This is dating me. But – uh, he walks in today wanting a corporate sponsorship with my or a corporate partnership with my club, with one of my my gyms out in Bertelson. And he says, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we were just talking. And I was like, yeah, we co-promote my podcast with uh, Matt War Pro. He goes, Matt War Pro. Yeah, right over there at the Southside Preservation Hall last Saturday. And I was like, what? You know about the shows? And he's like, heck yeah. Every time they come through, we're right next door at the Boys and Girls Club. And, uh, you know, he's like, a, they, uh, they, they have a great reputation. And so... Matt War Pro kind of making their making their name around Fort Worth, and I really just love the fact that they're they're being so you know same places, same show names, making relationships, building community, and that's what we're trying to do here with this. And you podcast. know, well, one of the most important things that we're doing at Matt War Pro, and believe you know, uh, wrestling is is both is important, of course, but you know, the Southside Preservation Hall is actually renting their building out now to people. People are coming and renting that building out. They weren't having any kind of 
rentals or anything like that before. So we're helping the community and that's what our biggest goal is. Man, and, and I love that. I think that whatever your organization is, uh, profit or for profit or nonprofit, like the goal should be to help uh, the community, help improve the community that you're in, um, build community in the community that you're at. So, you know, we, we got our we got our little church. We got started right down the road from Southside Preservation Hall. We're making connections at the job. You we're, we're making connections in the wrestling community. We're making connections here at baseball. So, you know, hopefully one day all these things will be all interlocked and uh, they'll be, you know, all one big happy family. And that 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 would be the coolest thing ever. So, well, um, well, we could do this all night, but we're here to talk about some baseball. Yeah, we got to get into we got to get in the, the Orioles. Huh? The oh, Orioles. Yeah. Big what news. The, that's like, some crazy stuff. Uh, well, uh, let me let me make a quick comment because I'm sure I'm, I'm going to before I kick it over. But like the Orioles are like a hot commodity right now. They're they're kind of the in some ways, especially in the media, kind of the darlings uh, of the league. They're out there on the East Coast. They got a great young team. Uh, led the, they were the, they had the most wins in the American League last year. Of course, our Rangers uh, went ahead and showed them what that really, how much that really mattered when it comes down to playing the boys from Texas. But kind of interesting, like you think we're selling, selling high right now. I think that's why they're, they're making this move. Well, you know, I'm in the, is it, I want to say it's the Romero family. Uh, they've owned the Orioles for a lot of years. Um, they're selling to a couple of uh, private equity billionaires. Uh, David Rubenstein of the Carlisle Group and Mike Aragetti of Ares Management. And, uh, you know, you got to think that the owners are like, oh, man, a couple of more billionaires coming on to spend money. And, you know, so and, and Oriole fans have got to be thinking, hey, we got these couple of billionaires. Hopefully they come here and put some money into this thing and you know, go get us the frontline starting pitching that's going to win a championship. Yeah, yeah. Or they could do what uh, billionaires do in some other cases is, hey, we bought this thing to turn a profit. We're going to cut costs here and there. We're going to do just what it takes to make about $60, $70 million a year over the next 10 years. And then uh, no matter what happens on the field, we're just going to try to fill these pocketbooks. But for the hope of the Very well. Very well could be. No, let's hope that's not the case. And I hope it's not, but it it very well could be. No, I, I, I witnessed that at the last company I was at. We got bought by a whole uh, hedge fund company, and the whole goal was just to turn us profit, to turn profit. That didn't mean how many, didn't matter how many people we had to lay off, didn't matter how much you had to cut, didn't matter how much cutthroat business you had to do. Like, we got to get this thing to a profit so that we can turn right around and sell it. So who knows? This is the business world. Sports is a business. I do hope the best for the Orioles because I, I I do like that organization. I like, I do the like upward trajectory the, that they're taking. Yeah, I'm not like the way they built the team. I mean, you can't help but like a team that builds with from within and it actually works. Yeah, because uh, I'm in the, in the same time that the Rangers were bad. That's the same time that the Orioles were bad. Yep, yep. They know the pain. They know our pain, don't they? they well, sure do. well, let's um, let's let's. Skip on to the next big thing. I guess we could talk about the big free agent signing. Justin Turner is officially off the market. Yeah, he's going to be a Blue Jay one year, $13 million. Um, Good hitter. Um, 
You know, I don't know if he's going to play third base and fill the Chapman role over there. I can't imagine that's going to be the case, but it may be. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what their plans for Turner is yet. I've also seen that they still may be in the market for J.D. Martinez as well. Mercy. So that doesn't mean that they're done, you know. I mean, so they're, they're, they may have plans for Turner to play third base for the, the season this year. And, uh, you know, we know Turner's going to hit. That's what he does. He's, I mean, even for an advanced age guy at, what, 38 or 39 now, he still hits. And he's, um, you know, he's hit his whole career, or, or at least since he went over to the Dodgers um, later in uh, whatever. I mean, I guess, what, he was probably 27 or so, 25, 26, something like that. Started hitting, can't take him out of the lineup, hadn't, got, you know, been been playing every day since, so. You know, I mean, and until he until he stops, he's going to keep playing every day. Yeah, yeah, I like <clears throat> I like Turner's bat. I think it's it's uh, the Blue Jays. I like seeing what they're doing. They're they're kind of well, they do something because they're you know they lost some pieces in their lineup, and you know it's not exactly you know top top caliber, especially when you play in that AL East and everybody's all the time trying to get a little bit better. Yeah, well, and also, too, like, let's not forget, you know, with the Rangers are a great example, so are the Diamondbacks, that baseball is not always about getting all the best players. It's about kind of finding that right that right mixture of players, uh, you know. Coming some, together for 162 yep. and being able to perform once that 162 is over and having the right pieces in the right places at the right time. I mean, yep. if the Rangers would have went to the playoffs – at the end of May or or in early mm-hmm. August or whatever or late August or whatnot, um, you know, uh, there's a good chance they would have gotten beat in the playoffs, but they got those pieces back right. They got Spores healthy. They got LeClerc back right. They had Chapman in the bullpen. They had Montgomery going good. They had Ivaldi back. You know, I mean, all the things just kind of came together, and it doesn't always work that way even when you've got – you know, nine all-stars on the club. Yes, that's that's the best point you could possibly make. It really doesn't always work out just because you got a bunch of all-stars. So, hey, speaking of a team that's trying to retool, and at first I was kind of convinced that this team was kind of mailing it in, um, but I think they're doing exactly what we're talking about. I think they're like, look, we're going to make some changes. We're going to keep certain things and we're going to move some pieces. You know, we're just going to shake some stuff up and see – if, you know, we put a team of similar, same caliber out there, but maybe have some different pieces out there, um, if maybe that could be what it takes to kind of take us, get us over the hump. And that's what, that's the Mariners making a couple of moves. I like the Polanco move. Um, and then they bring in an outfielder. Yeah. Uh, Polanco coming over from the Twins. Longest tenured twin, you know, when uh, Jorge Polanco uh, got his first major league base hit, uh, Adrian Beltre was in that game and uh, Joe Maurer was still uh, in the lineup for for the twins. So they went into the Hall of Fame. So he's been there for a little while now. Um, The the, um, twins are sending over Polanco and the Mariners are sending back uh, Reliever Justin Topo is a pretty good piece. Starter Anthony Descalfina, Descalfini, and then prospects Gabriel Gonzalez and Darren Brown. And they're also going to pay um, 
eight million of the twelve owed to Descalfini. So you know, I mean, it matches up okay uh, as far as I see it. You know, I mean, Polanco is you know he's got good value. The Mariners have been trying to fill that second base void since uh, Frazier left, and they you know jumped to some you know jumped out and made some moves last year, and they didn't work out with. Um, what's the guy that, uh, uh, yeah, Colton Wong and then, uh, Abraham Toro as well. So, you know, they're going to get a guy in there that's going to be a good player for them. And, uh, you know, the, Polanco is a really nice player and I can see, you know, that, I mean, it helps the Mariners definitely. I mean, that was a big hole. They still got, you know, some questions at third base, but uh, overall the Mariners are looking like a pretty quality team going into the season. And I mean, the, the AL West is heating up. Yeah. I, I also kind of like the, it's not, I don't want to call it cutthroat, but it's more like, look, if you don't get it done, move along. Yeah, well, and you saw the uh, Mariners were also kind of actively uh, in trade talks with, for Dylan Cease as well. Mm, he's still out there, so that's not a that's not a done deal. So yeah, yeah, no, he hasn't. But I I have seen that, like you know, I mean, like hey, surprise team talking with, and they've got the pieces to do it. I mean, they would have to give up one of those good young starters like Miller or uh, is it Wu? Uh, probably one of those good young starters is going to have to go that other way. But we're talking about Dylan Cease and, and three years of Dylan Cease. Yeah, yeah. So Mariners still trying to make some moves. I definitely uh, can appreciate it. And then finally, uh, around the league, uh, we lost a good one today. Yeah, one. Uh, uh, Jimmy Williams was a really great manager. Won one with the, uh, um, won one with the Phillies, and then uh, earlier in his career, I want to say he was the bench coach for uh, Bobby Cox when he uh, won the World Series with Atlanta. Been around the game for a long time. Uh, went out on top after winning the World Series, and uh, we lost him yesterday. I want to say at the age of eighty. Yeah, you know we, uh, yeah, we wish the best for him and his family, and you know we just, you know, never, never like to have to report these things, but they, uh, it is. But it's newsworthy because he was such a big part of a couple of really, really memorable franchises. Definitely. Well, let's jump. Well, I guess let me go ahead before we jump into our Rangers news set. Well, no, we got the we got the AL. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna I'll go ahead. Those. I'll go ahead and take take it. Well, in our Rangers news today, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, some news that might really affect whether some of these good young players that the Rangers have that are major league ready in their farm system that that might mean that some of these guys might get some playing time, uh, and we can't wait to talk about it. And if you want to know more about the, these young guys that play for the Rangers and their farm system, you'll want to go check out our exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys. We cover all things Rangers, minor league. And, you know, right now there's a, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on at, at the, in the Rangers system, and there are a lot of quality pieces. And just recently we talked about um, some of the outfielders that got signed in the international signings. We ranked the top 10 left-handed pitchers in minor league organization. And we also talked about uh, Dominican Summer League, and we also talked about the Arizona Complex League and their starting pitching rotations. And we're just going to keep deep diving until the season starts 
at every level of each team on on our down on the farm show and uh you know as roster shifts happen you know the draft and other things uh we'll release uh more updated prospect lists but right now if you go in there you've got our top 40 prospect list episodes you've got our deep dives every level from 2023 uh you have all of our dr pitching uh are talking about the starting pitching at every level we have the international signings on there to talk that we've talked about and we're going to keep ranking the the positions throughout the organization this this week we'll do catchers yeah yep and there's going to be some good ones on there so um go check it out go to our uh web page www.texasrangerswiththeboys.com all one word or you can go to our spotify page it's only a dollar 99 a month you can make us your one-stop shop for all things rangers organization-wide bull this could be the best 24 dollars that somebody spends in 2024 and this is the last day to do that because uh we're going to be rolling into 2020 or we're going to be rolling into to february then it'll be the best february, yeah yeah, then it's then it's like not even twenty four dollars anymore for the whole yeah. year. Yeah, but you could still you could still get a year's worth. Yeah, yeah, you could still spend twenty four dollars for the year. I mean, sure. get well, you next much. year in February, and it's still yeah. twenty four and twenty four. Yeah. yeah, we're running this. We're running this special all the way through December. Yeah, the best twenty four dollars. <laughs> so you got three hundred more days of us. <laughs> Man, man, I, I just keep hearing Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's it's a lot of fun. And I'm going to tell you guys something, like, just, just real talk here. So, for me, like, this show is where I get all of my information on the Texas Rangers. I can try and go scour the internet for all this news and all these things. But uh, that is something that my co-host uh, has a, a talent, a knack for. Uh, and he does all the work on that. And then I'm just... I'm just here along for the ride, just like you guys and, and loving baseball and loving talking baseball. So down the farm is a true, is a real treat. And if you really are into the Rangers, you're a diehard fan. You want to see into the future, look into that crystal ball. Uh, our exclusive content really is uh, a lot of fun. So go check it out. Um, well, let's talk Rangers. Real big, real big news coming out of Rangers camp right now, especially as it relates to the start of the season. As if, as if the pitching woes weren't enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we needed to we needed to have some excitement here at the end of January to talk about and mm-hmm. and get our heads full of what ifs and who knows and and all of that stuff. But you know, Corey Seager uh, had a, a sports hernia surgery today. Um, I think basically the case was they had a they had a timetable where they were going to give it to try and heal. And then uh, if it didn't make it by that, by that time, then it's time to, you know, go in and, and, and get the surgery and be ready before uh, opening day. And I think that's probably the case, but, you know, lots of things can happen. Um, There's no guarantee that everything is going to be smooth and, and uh, um, you know, who knows, but uh, you know, for the most part in, in my head, this is this is no more than if he is out maybe that first week, but I would say sports hernia guy that's twenty nine just turned thirty years old. Heel time on that should be like five or six weeks. You hope, 
You hope. You hope. Yeah, you hope. Definitely. There's 100%. They say those surgeries aren't invasive, but I don't know if you know what a hernia surgery entails. Uh, And you're talking about torquing uh, through the torso and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I I just I want to see our uh, our crown jewel, um, you know, come out of this thing unscathed. I want to see him get 100 percent healthy. I don't feel like there's any reason to rush him back. Uh, if just to get him back for opening day, I'm perfectly fine if they take their time and slow roll him into it just because it's going to be a long season. But the conspiracy theorist in me, the person that's, you know, has a background in like sports training, you know, have a little bit of knowledge about that sort of thing. I know about a sports hernia. Um, it's kind of weird to me that you would wait this long if you knew you had it, you just go in, knock it out. You got all off season to recover. Instead, we're going to wait till, you know, 13 days or 12 days or however many days before pitchers and catchers report. And then we're going to go have this surgery. You know, obviously there's a ton of variables that could go into why they did it this way. And granted, I, I trust in the Rangers and trust what they do. I mean, they, they last year is the perfect example of it, but you know, that I, I, it, I, it, it does leave me kind of scratching my head a little bit, but what I'm not going to do is question this team. I'm not going to let it affect my, uh, my faith in the team because at the end of the day, man, like how much did we go through last year? Well, we had two separate uh, three or four week stints for, for Corey Seager on the DL la- or on the IL last year. We lost and, you know, uh, it was just, <laughs> it was just like in the world series when they lost Adolis Garcia, the next guy up, next guy up. Yeah. Did we talk about the Rangers being the cha- world series champion? Never mind. That's just, that's something I got to get through my head. It still doesn't feel real. Oh, I said it earlier, but you can't really say it enough. Can you? No, and, and no, but uh, I mean, you know, th- there's options if if he's not healthy before um, the season starts, and I probably starts with Duran. I mean, he, he, Duran Smith or Nellis, all three of those guys are on the forty man roster, so those are the you know the three options. I mean, you know, uh, but I don't want to get the the cart too too in front of the horse and lose the cart down the hill for no reason. But, you know, we know that there's options there. We know there's guys that can play that position. And we know that uh, those guys have played that position at a high level and helped this team win playing that position. So, you know, I mean, we really, you know, we, we take for granted hindsight how much Ezekiel Duran did for this club last year. Um, and, you know, there's no reason to believe that he can't do that again. And I mean, I'm sure he's somewhere right now with a slider machine, just working on hitting sliders. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this, everybody else might be, um, you know, forgetting about Zeke Duran, but we talked, we talked enough about this farm system and about these players, these young prospects on this team. We know that the Rangers are next man up. We have a coach that, knows how to how to pull the strings when they need to, whether it is Seager, whether no matter who it is, no matter what the circumstances, uh, this team stays in it. They keep their head in it. They keep their heart in it. And uh, I don't doubt that it's going to be uh, – everything's going to be just fine. I will say, um, though, we were talking about something off air 
that I feel like just belongs on air. And that was kind of like, I really liked what you said about Jordan Montgomery. I really like what you said that there's going to be three roster spots open up immediately. Um, and I'm not. Yeah, the moment that the camp opens, I mean, the Rangers are going to be able to put DeGrom, Molly, and Scherzer all on the, the 60 man. Yep. And that's going to open up three roster spots. And, you know, maybe the Rangers, I mean, I like the idea, like maybe the Rangers and Montgomery have a thing and they're like, hey, look. It's this thing gonna this thing goes live the day camp opens up, you know, like this thing's gonna well, and, it, and it's possible. And you know, I mean, who knows? That may have been a plan from the get go. I mean, you know, Montgomery's still hanging around, and the Rangers are still, you know, kind of baiting every couple of weeks that they are still interested in him. And you know, I mean, so uh, the possibilities are endless, and the, the, there might be that option that, but you know, I mean. There's a couple of guys on that on that roster or on that forty man that I could part with if it were if it were uh, Montgomery coming back too, you know. So oh yeah, oh can't say for sure that it's that. I'm just you know throwing possibilities out there and where the Rangers might stand and what they might feel like they have. Well, and I love it, and I I'm just a sucker for speculating because that's just what. what Did you speaking of speculating? I saw where the. they put a trade rumor out there for the Rangers that uh, uh, it was um, Leody Tavares and Ezekiel Duran for Emmanuel Clase. And wow, I mean, here's my big thing with that is how do the Rangers at this point not have enough pieces in their in their farm system to go out and get a guy like that, where you take two guys that are proving themselves at the big league level over the course of the last couple of years, because, you know, I mean, last year at this time, we were all in on Duran, you know, I mean, and, and I'm still not to a point, like I saw a lot from Duran this year that says that he's got a long ways to go. But at the same time, we saw a lot from Duran. I mean, 114 off the bat, one, you know, I mean, look, I thought Duran, I thought he was just fine. I thought that he earned a lot of playing time and maybe lost some of it down the stretch because of, you know, um, losing command of the strike zone or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, I couldn't see the Rangers taking two, uh, you know, major league players and, and sending them for a closer. I could see them like bunching some prospects up and maybe doing something like that, but. Man, that that seems like a that seems like a, a, a like the same thing that happened the last time the Rangers traded for Classe or yeah. traded Classe for you know I mean yeah. you know like let's not get fleeced again. No, I, I think I think that's a that's wild, and I just I'm with you. Like, look, you need those guys. Those are major leaguers that you need, and I definitely relievers to me. If there's anything we found out. <laughs> this off season is the value relievers value is not because they're so year to year because they're so unstable and unpredictable, you know, relievers, you can't, you can't trade everyday players. Um, you know, y- this would not be a smart move. I just, I'd just go right out there and say, yeah, yeah I would, I would think that they would be able, they would, you know, you treat them prospect prospects are unstable. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, the same same sentiments coming from my way. I mean, you don't have the kind of, you know, uh, 
uh, farm system that the Rangers have and then start trading away guys that are producing at the big league level. No, you don't. Um, well, is there any more stuff? I, I... Unless it's for a frontline starting Front, pitcher. Oh, listen, listen. listen. Yeah. If, if you're going to talk Man. about, like, you know, big-time starting pitcher that, like, I mean, that we're going to be able to get, like, we're talking, we're talking about Burns or – May I don't know about Cease. I, don't, I mean, and even Burns, like at the same time on one year, I would still be hesitant to give up both no, of those right. big. Leagues. Um, but I'm, I'm I know there's a couple of guys that we've talked about throughout the last, you know, few months that are still under control that teams are trying to move. I know Cease is one. I'm not sure. Maybe Azus Lazardo. Maybe um, someone like that. You know, possibly. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to see any trade where the Rangers give up two guys that are produced at the big league level last year for for a closer or for anything that isn't you know starting rotation help or or an outfield piece that's going to make a big difference. But they've got so many outfield pieces that make big differences, and they've got guys on the way that we're not sure. You know, I mean. The Rangers, there's so much good stuff going on that it's exciting to kind of like get it in your head what could possibly be. Yeah. Um, well, and I can also tell you guys, if you hadn't figured it out, I'm sure you have. But, you know, nothing gets our guy, Manimal, more fired up than the Leody Tavares disrespect. So all I'm saying is... It's unwarranted. Don't send... It's unwarranted. Manimal, don't send him... You know what do you think of this trade? And it has Leody Tavares in it. Just, just do yourself. I'm probably saying no until I see that Evan Carter is a superstar and Wyatt Langford's a superstar. Yeah, because yeah, we like Tavares on the show. Until then, I'm probably saying no, and then I may even still be saying no because we're talking that may be two years down the line, and Dallas Garcia is a free agent. Sure, sure. Well, so I mean, I just there's 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 so many reasons to keep good young talented players that out. you developed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, guys that you control. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we got the didn't we already delve a little bit into the AL East? Is it the East today? Well, we got the East today. Yeah, we we haven't really talked a bunch about the other American League teams right now because you know we've been so. Uh, knee deep in Ranger talk that we haven't really talked about American League at all, really. And uh, thought we'd give a quick, quick overview of the AL East right now, and we can start up there at the top with uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore getting a lot. Hey, of they're going to be. They're going to be good, man. They're going to be every bit, you know, as good as they were last year. Uh, they're bringing back Henderson and Rushman and Santander and. Hayes and uh, Mount Castle, and they're going to probably be debuting Jackson Holiday at Ooh. some point this year, or maybe even to start the year. I mean, Fangraphs right now has him marked in as the you know opening day shortstop, but I don't know a hundred percent how that's going to work with uh, Baltimore and their control and all of that stuff. But they got a really good, solid team, and and uh, you know the pitching is still. Eh, questionable, but it'll probably get better this year. Bradish isn't bad, and uh, Kramer, Kramer isn't bad, and you know Grayson Rodriguez is probably going to be a little bit better this year. And uh, you know they've got the 
a handful of guys and you know they've got they went out and you know brought Kimbrell in to close games and they've got Cano um in the back end of that bullpen and Columbe that they just uh um finished arbitration with former Ranger first rounder Dylan Tate's back there in that bullpen so they've got some good pieces back there and uh don't see any reason why they shouldn't compete to be right back there in the the playoffs again this year. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I I think Holiday man. Have you looked at his uh his his minor league numbers are just yeah insane for bog- a kid I, like mind boggling man. And he looks like he's twelve. That's what. Yeah. Oh yeah, he definitely does. I want to see him like I want to see him come up and looking like looking like he's twelve years old and go out there and take Verlander deep or something, you know, like <laughs> for it. I'm here for it. as long as it's not one of our guys. Of course, of course. But I, I uh, yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm always eager to see these guys. Uh, obviously if we, <laughs> we love the farm uh, in our own organization, we're going to, we're going to love it uh, throughout, you know, the league. So, so yeah, I think the Orioles are going to be exciting. I think Grayson Rodriguez takes a major step forward this year. And obviously, Gunnar Henderson. I think both of those guys take major steps forward. Uh, I think, I think, I think, and again, I may be wrong when it comes to uh, Rushman. I think he kind of, I think we are where we are with him. Um, not that's not that that's a bad thing at all. I mean, he's an all pro. Uh, but I think you're going to see step forward from both of those, Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson. Hopefully, those guys stay healthy. And, uh, you know, I think the Orioles are kind of the class of the East that everybody else is trying to figure out a way to kind of maneuver their rosters to compete, but they just don't have the depth and the horses and the development. I think uh, if the Orioles can stay healthy this year, uh, what? Well, and one of those, one of those teams that always develops well, talk about, and be, you know, they'll always be on, on their heels. And we're talking about uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. They've got uh you know, a Rosarina in the middle of the lineup. They've got uh, Low and Lau. Um, uh, they've got Yandy Diaz uh, plays first base. And then Isaac Paredes is a really, really good young player. And uh, Jose Siri, a uh, pretty decent uh, center fielder. And then they went out and got uh, Jose Caballero from the Mariners um, to play shortstop. And, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that, We'll uh, we'll kind of see. Uh, they have an interesting name. That's a fun name that Ranger fans maybe remember. Um, Os Levis Basabe, who uh, at one point was a Ranger farmhand, and I believe that uh, you know just uh, got away. It happens. I think he might have actually been part of the Nate Low deal. So one that got uh, away, Tampa Bay. Get- or or he could have been part of any you know any of those deals. Uh, you know. Uh, one of those Tampa Bay Ray deals that we had, Nick Solak. Yeah. Um, he just signed a minor league deal with, I think, the Mets. I'm not sure, but, you know, the bull, the, the starting rotation is not uh, the best it's been for Tampa Bay in a while. But at the same time, they'll get some pieces back later in the year in Jeffrey Springs. And, uh, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll also learn some stuff about some guys this year. Uh, Ryan Pepeyoth that they got from the Dodgers in that trade. I think Taj Bradley will take a step forward. And then they've still got the, um, Zach Eflin and uh, the former Ranger Zach Lytell that didn't make the team out of uh, spring last year and ended up starting games for Tampa Bay. And uh, 
and then uh, Savali, um, another another young starter that uh, getting you know getting a chance to pitch uh, in Tampa Bay. I want to say that he uh, uh, might have been a Cleveland Indian before he was um, of Tampa Bay Ray, and then they've got uh, Pete Fairbanks closing games for him. Really nice uh, former Ranger, and then uh, you know they've got a handful of guys that get outs and Jason Adams. Colin Poche, Sean Armstrong, Chris Davinsky, um, Garrett Clevenger, Kevin Kelly, all those guys get outs. You know, I mean, the, the Rays are a good team, but I don't know that they're going to compete the way they did last year. Um, but if they jump out to the same kind of start that they did last year, the sky's the limit, you know? Yeah, and, and the thing about the Rays that's almost just perturbing is the fact that they always have one or two players or more that you just didn't see breaking out, breaking out. And that's how they've done it for the last, I don't know how long, every year. It's like, yeah, you know the big ones, that shortstop that they've got coming up, you know, number two, I think, or three in the – Oh, Chorio. Chur- yeah, the, uh, I know what you're talking about. Not Chorio, but the, uh, the other – But it might, it's, it's very similar name. Yeah, very similar name, but, like, yeah, like it, he – He's gonna probably come up and hit three twenty, um, you know. It's just, it's just yeah, they, probably hit twenty five dongs. And, yeah, I mean it yeah. happens. It happens. That's, and it definitely happens in Tampa Bay more than it happens in a lot of other places. No, it one hundred percent does, and that's just why I never ever refuse to count them out. Um, another team in this division you can't count out. We talked to them about about them. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Uh... Man, they got a decent lineup. Uh, they had some questions, but, the, you know, they kind of answered one of those today. And, uh, you know, the the top, the, the one through four is really, really strong in Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, and now Justin Turner. Uh, it it kind of takes a sharp decline after that with Biggio, Schneider, Dalton Varsho, Alejandro Kirk and Kevin Kiermeyer, but it's not a bad lineup at all. Um, they've also got Danny Jensen on their bench and, uh, uh, you know, I, IKF, they gave him some money and he's probably going to play a lot. And, um, you know, and then whenever you look at their, you look at their rotation and it's not awful. It's pretty good. Actually. I mean, Gosman is one of the better pitchers in the American league. Jose Barrios has really, really good stuff that, you just, you know, I mean, it's sporadic some days, you know, um, but when he's on, he's really, really good. Chris Bassett is a good pitcher. They've got uh, uh, UC Kikuchi that's a really nice pitcher. And then if they can get uh, Alex Manoa back on track, I mean, this can be a really good rotation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I think that what, what intrigues me about the Blue Jays and their lineup is just they have like – they have the superstar guys – but they also have kind of like your your role player guys, your guys that kind of do do other stuff that they kind of have some yeah. diversity in their lineup. They got on base guys. They you know, like when you think of a guy, well, you know, yeah, I, I think you're correct. And then they also have got some good pieces in that bullpen too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, no, and I, I think Yariel Rodriguez is going to end up probably being either their their eighth inning guy um, with Jordan Romano. Um, Jordan Romano was a guy that the Rangers got in the rule five a couple of years ago and returned him. And I mean, really no reason to, I mean, it wasn't like the Rangers were doing a whole lot right at that moment, but you know, uh, the, it, the 
Blue Jays have reaped the benefits from it, and he's become a really good closer in the big leagues. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on past the Jays. I, I think we've talked. Yeah, about- it's on to the the two the two uh, haunted the two hated ones. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I think he's. I guess we'll do we'll do the Bronx guys first. Sure. Yeah, the, they got a little bit better this offseason. Uh, adding Juan Soto to their lineup. Mm. Uh, uh, they did go get some pitching with Marcus Stroman. And uh, um, uh, they, uh, what, uh, you know, last year they got Carlos Radon and it didn't go real good for him last year. So I imagine he's going to want to be a little bit better. They've still got uh, Garrett Cole at the top of that rotation. So, you know, the rotation's not not maybe not the best in this division but it's not the worst either and then they've got uh you know a handful of really good players in their in their uh, lineup with Soto Judge, Gliber Torres, um Anthony Rizzo, uh Alex Verdugo's a pretty good player in there, Giancarlo Stanton if he could get healthy mm-hmm. could be a really good player, DJ LeMahieu is going to hit, you know that and uh Anthony Volpe uh, Coming into a second year, you got to believe he's going to take some steps forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Yankees are gonna gonna have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year, and I think they're gonna kind of. Well, and I think honestly, like, and, and you know, I'm a, I'm a pitching guy. Like, I, I I I'm I'm all about the pitching, but I'll say this: that I really think if Aaron Judge stays healthy all year long with this team they're they're going to be perfectly fine if he can keep if he stays healthy there's just something about what he adds to the team and again i'm a pitching guy i'm also not like one player makes that big of a difference in baseball but some guys do and it just this team is a different team when he's playing every day um something happens to him and that's if they if they healthy they'll be good to go and 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 if they can get the holmes lozaga and uh, tommy conley and that back into the bullpen, they're going to be in good shape too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, Boston Red Sox. All right, so the Red Sox, huh? The Red Sox, they made some trades uh, this year. They're not going to be, I don't know, you know, as potent, especially with Verdugo not in the lineup. Uh, but uh, they've still got Devers. Uh, they've still got uh, Trevor Story at shortstop this year. They went out and they uh, they traded uh, Chris Sale to get Von Grissom to play second base. They uh, they've still got Yoshida from last year. They've got Tyler. They went out and got Tyler O'Neill from the Cardinals. Um, they are probably expecting a little bit more this year from Tristan Cassis. And uh, you know, uh, I imagine they're going to compete. I don't know exactly how good they're going to be, but we'll probably know by you know, May ish where they're going to be. I mean, they've got uh, Gioletta and then uh, I like Brian Bello, who's a nice little pitcher and Cutter Crawford and Tanner Hawk are pretty decent. Nick Pavetta as well. So they've got a little bit of a rotation, you know, you know, my thoughts on Lucas Giolito. So I don't have to, oh, I don't yeah. have to, I don't have to bury that man here again tonight, but yeah. And then their bullpen is pretty good in the back end with Jansen and Martin back there. And they got some out getters, and uh, and our boy Justin Slayton, he's going to be in that bullpen because he's got a stick, or he'll be back here with the Texas Rangers. Yeah, yeah, Justin Slayton going to be getting some some PT with uh, with the Red Sox. So 
Well, that's the American League East. There's yeah. some good teams in the American League East. Always is. The, you know, I mean, I imagine all those teams will be as good as any of the teams in the uh, American League Central that we'll talk about tomorrow. Uh, I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope we can come up with some at least decent stuff to talk about for that because it's a or, it's a rough division. Or we can just make some stuff up like we did today. Yeah. And start talking about random Ranger stuff, and and there's always stuff there. So um, no, today was a lot of fun per usual. A um, lot of content on the show today, and and uh, you know we always find a way to make it happen. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. It's been a blast. Uh, we are Texas Rangers with the boys. You can check us out on social media. TX Rangers. WTV. You can also find us on the World Wide Web at TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. Yes. And you can also subscribe to our exclusive content, Down on the Farm with the Boys, where we cover all things Rangers, minor league, the best $24 you're going to spend in 2024. Thank you. Sale runs all the way through December. <laughs> it runs all the way through December. Thank you for subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. For the 300-pound manimal, for the 25-pound sleeping-like-a-baby manimal, if you hear snoring, that's him. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Signing out.